Hey, Leadheads, this is Left Hand. Before we get started with this week's show, the Nordic Components Talking Lead Podcast, episode 173, uh, we've got a very special guest this week, and I want to get to it real quick, but there's some uh, announcements that I want to make prior to the show. Lieutenant Jason Redman, U.S. Navy SEAL and founder of Wounded Wear and the Combat Wounded Coalition, will be joining us this week, so uh, you guys uh, stay tuned for that. I wanted to go ahead and thank our sponsors, Nordic Components. Check them out at nordiccomp.com. Casey Griggs, our three-gunner, CG3G, and I got to go to a local gun range called On Target here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The reason we were going by was they're one of the newest dealers for Nordic Components, and we were just going to drop in, say hey, and you know see how things were going. And it just so happens there was a guy at the checkout counter buying one of the Nordic rifles. And uh, we had an opportunity to shoot with that gentleman. And uh, it was a good time. He bought one of the 16-inch NC-15 556s, And uh, we had the 300 Blackout, the 22 with us. And we just took them all out to the range, this gentleman. And he is a active-duty military uh, serviceman. So thank you for your service. Thank you for your support in uh, purchasing the Nordic Components rifle. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, We've got some things posted on our social media, Instagram and Facebook, if you guys want to go check out some of that. I just wanted to say uh, thanks to On Target and our good buddy Tyler for their hospitality and for carrying the Nordic line of rifles. If uh, you're looking for a Nordic rifle, just go into your local dealer. If they're not carrying it currently, ask them to. They can get in touch with the RSR Group. That is the distributor uh, of the Nordic Component line. And I'm sure most of your gun dealers uh, have a connection there, uh, can get in touch with them. Um, If not, then just go to Nordic Components website, nordiccomp.com, and uh, you can order one there, or you can ask them uh, who they need to go to locally, where you're at. Cobalt Kinetics. Check them out at cobaltkinetics.com. And on social media, it's at Cobalt Kinetics. They've got some new dealerships opening up. Uh, If you're in the Dallas area, there is a a gun store there called Allegiant Rifle Works. And uh, you can go by there, and they uh, have a a wide variety of the Cobalt Kinetics Edge, the BAMF, B-A-M-F. You can go to their social media page uh, at Cobalt Kinetics. They've got a link there to that uh, dealership. So if you guys are in Dallas... Uh, one of the uh, gun dealerships there that you can go in and get hands-on with uh, one of the Cobalt Kinetics Edge or Bamps is Allegiant Rifle Works. X-Steel Targets. X-Steel Targets. There's no reason to be shooting paper targets anymore, you know, unless you're just uh, trying to sight your gun in. Uh, you need to be shooting AR-500 targets, guys. Uh, some of the funnest sh- targets to shoot are steel targets. You get that instant feedback with the big ting every time you shoot it. And uh, the variety that X-Steel targets has with their Texas Star, their dueling tree. They've got various shaped animal AR-500 steel targets. Uh, they've even got a little, little uh, dude with a sombrero. Uh, and you can custom make any target that you want. If you've got an idea for a target, shoot it to them. Odds are they'll be able to uh, make that for you. They've got like uh, ethical harvest targets as well. Uh, very cool. So some of the most affordable targets, uh, steel targets that are out there, X-Steel targets, 
and uh, some of the best quality that you're going to get in a in an AR500 steel target. And uh, any of these guys you go to, uh, try to use the code Leadhead for a discount. Uh, I know X Steel Targets has had that set up. Um, Nordic Components has had that set up. Uh, but if you go to their website and you try the code and it doesn't work, let me know and I'll get in touch with them and uh, see what we can do. I know on the Nordic it works on every product, just about every product except uh, the full AR rifles. Frontier Tactical, the developers of the Warlock Multiple Caliber System. There's a, a awesome video on their Facebook page. And I know some of you guys don't do the social media stuff, but... I mean, set up a dummy account or something like that because you're missing out on some cool stuff. Uh, you can go to there. They've got a YouTube channel also. Uh, I know most of you guys, yeah, I think you get on YouTube and you don't have to have an account. So you can go there. But on their Facebook page, um, Frontier Tactical has Nate, which is the um, the guy who developed the multi-caliber system, the Warlock multi-caliber system, uh, doing six calibers in six minutes um, from his AR platform. I know they've got up to 90 different calibers that you can um, that you'll be able to adapt with their system from just one single AR-15 platform. And then they've got that cool app you guys heard me talk about in the last episode that Nate developed, ARU. That's AR University. Uh, very cool app for the Android phone. Uh, just do a little search on that, you'll be able to find that. FrontierTactical.com. And then by the time you guys are, are listening to this, I probably dropped another video that uh, I did during the Iraq Veteran 8888 YouTube shoot. And uh, it, it's pretty cool. There's uh, There was a company there called Custom Combat Trucks. And they had one of their converted custom converted five-ton uh, trucks there. It's pretty sick. So... Uh, old Lefty got to take a test drive in that thing, and uh, we did a video on it, um, kind of going through with the the owner of the company, featuring the truck and what all they did to it, and then uh, I got to take it out for a test drive, me and Andrew did, and it was uh, hashtag badasseriness, no doubt, so check that video out, um, that we're getting ready to drop, if it's not there, it'll be there soon, it's uh the one is going to be called, I guess I'll call it Custom Combat Trucks or something like that. But it's on YouTube. But I'd like to thank the guys from Lead Balls 44. If you guys uh, are, not, are not familiar with them, they're linked in with Iraq Veteran 8888 and Moss Pond, uh, Eric and Chad and Ray, uh, my brother Ray. Lead Balls 44, check them out. It's at Lead Balls, L-E-A-D-B-A-L-L-S 44. Uh, good buddy Raphael was nice enough to hook us up with the guys at Custom Combat Trucks during that uh, Iraq Vet uh, range day. So uh, check that video out and then go and uh, check out Lead Balls 44. So after this week's show uh, that we did with Lieutenant Jason Redman, uh, the week after that, I'm going to have a guest host with me. Uh, it's going to be a surprise guest host. And uh, we'll be doing a pre-show to some more interviews that we did at the Big Three East. So that's something uh, I'm looking forward to. And then uh, we got a whole lot more stuff planned between now and the uh, the first of the year. Obviously, SHOT Show, getting ready for that right now. And uh, it looks like uh, we're going to be right back in our usual spot. If you guys uh, are at SHOT Show, come by and visit us. We're in a little secret squirrel location. Thanks to our sponsors and good buddies over at Asymmetric Technologies. 
Brian Borkowski over there is just phenomenal in uh, setting us up each year at SHOT Show. We greatly appreciate Brian and Asymmetrics Technology. Check them out uh, on the web at asymmetricstechnologies.com. But uh, if you're going to be there, get in touch with me via private message or email, talkinglit at gmail.com. Let me know you're going to be there, and uh, I'll let you know where we're at. So you can swing by and say, hey, maybe even get you on the air. But a big thanks to our other sponsors, Multicam, multicampattern.com, Keltec Weapons, good buddy Chad over there at Keltec. Uh, we've got some awesome things coming up with him in the near future, so stay tuned for that. We'll keep you posted on uh, what all we got going on with Sir Chad. Aculus Defense, those guys are still recovering from that big flood that they had down there in the uh, Louisiana area. So if anything you guys can do to go help them out, uh, you can go to their store, buy their swag, you know their products, send them your encouragements, uh, messages on uh, social media, Facebook. You know, hopefully those guys will be up and running soon. And actually, i got to do a rewind because next week's show is going to be the guys with Atlas Defense. And then the week after that, I'm going to have the special guest host. And we're going to get back into uh, our interviews at the Big Three East. But who knows? I'll probably cut one or two in between now and then, too. So I'm crazy that way. All right, guys, I'm getting ready to go watch the uh, season premiere of The Walking Dead. And uh, you guys enjoy this episode with Lieutenant Jason Redman coming at you. Welcome back to the Nordic Components Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Left Hand, coming to you from the lead quarters in beautiful Middle Tennessee. And today, I have uh, been telling you guys, we've been trying to get this guy back on the show for some time now, but uh, finally managed to do it. We've got Jason Redman with us, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in, Jason. What's going on, Talking Lead, Leadhead fans? Well, now that we got our audio issues fixed after an hour. <laughs> you know, I was a communicator in the, uh, when I was a young SEAL, and comms problems are the number one problem you have with anything going on. Well, you know, and I was hoping that you'd be able to help me fix that problem a little quicker than what we did. but Apparently, I wasn't that good. You let me down, man. <laughs> you let me down, brother. <laughs> I blame you. I blame you. This one's yours. Hey, listen though, we had a hey, we had a saying back then when things fault. went when things went wrong and you couldn't figure out how to fix it, we'd go, must be solar flares. Solar flares, yeah. Yeah. Mess up all your comms. There's a lot of communicators out there that are laughing right now because they're like, Hell yeah, those damn solar flares. <laughs> Gotta blame it on something when there's nothing else around, right? Yep. So for you leadheads who uh, have had your head in the sand for some time, 
Jason Redmond is a former lieutenant who spent 11 years as an enlisted Navy SEAL and almost 10 years as a SEAL officer. He was awarded the Bronze Star Medal with Valor, the Purple Heart, the Defense Meritus Service Medal, the Navy Commendation Medal, the Joint Service Achievement Medal, five Navy Achievement Medals, and two Combat Action Ribbons. Man, that's a lot. And uh, if you guys haven't read his book, The Trident, you'll understand why he's got all these medals. Uh, and we're going to talk about your book here in a little bit. But, um, again, this is an honor to have you on, Jason. And, uh, I mean, I'm sincere when I say this. I have been longing to do this interview, and we tried it once before, and Google Hangouts jacked us up, and looks like we were almost going to get sabotaged again, but we figured it out. And welcome in again, brother. Hey, thanks, man. Glad to be back on. I, I got to tell everyone that they missed out. That was probably the greatest interview in the history of interviews. <laughs> And uh, I don't think the public could have actually handled that interview. I think people out there, their brains would have melted down. We had a young man step step up and become warrior poets instantly. <laughs> I'm telling women you, would have, women would have been uh, out there just ready to support the cause of freedom fighting Americans all across this land. So basically, I don't know if this country could have handled it. It it was a it was a really good interview. I mean, it was like a, almost two hours. I think we did uh, we did on an interview, but it would have sparked a revolution. I think we can top it this time, man. Think, All right, let's do it. I think we can do it definitely, and <laughs> uh, especially being on the cusp of the final debate, uh, which is getting ready to happen here in a little bit. So we got to hurry up so we can watch that thing. That's right. We got more important things. Lots of important things to do. Um, but before we get into talking more about Jason. We uh, got to take care of those jack wagons this week. So bring that train in, Gunny. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week. So brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed, and I'm going to let our guests go first for our jack wagon train. Who you got? I, you know, I, and it's so funny. I don't know how long ago we did this, but it was shortly after James Comey said, Hey, despite all the gross negligence that Hillary Clinton uh, displayed and her blatant misuse of classified information in a private server, that was my pick then. I got to tell you, just this week, the FBI came out and there was a quid, quid pro quo that was going on where an FBI agent was trying to basically sell additional, hey, you know, you're going to provide us additional security and support. Now, I want you to notice that there's a theme going on here because the State Department there in Benghazi was asking for additional security and support. She turned that down, too. So the FBI is asking for it in return to reduce security classifications. Now, apparently that never happened. But all that says to me is, James Comey, what the hell is going on with your FBI? You're hell? allowing blatant, blatant security problems that are going on. You know, the daggone secretary of state didn't understand her security classifications. So, uh, yeah, once again, I'm throwing James Comey under the bus. And you, sir, are a jack wagon. <laughs> he, is, he is a huge jack wagon. He uh, continues to uh, solidify his seat on the jack wagon train, no doubt. Now, do you got anybody else you want to throw on? We, you know, we were kind of tossing another one around there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of uh, of the uh, the Hillary train. I got to tell you, I just. Uh, <laughs> 
You know, this has been an interesting election cycle, but uh, I just can't uh, I can't support her. You know, for those of us who have been in the military and uh, understand how military operations work, I mean, what happened in Benghazi, you know, I have civilian friends that are like, oh, that's all blown out of proportion from the media. Uh, no, it's not. You're wrong. And those of us that have been there and understand how these things unfold, uh, that was just uh, gross. <laughs> Once again, gross negligence gross. at the highest levels of yeah. government. You know, the media uh, has tried to downplay her use of a private server and her uh, misunderstanding of classification settings. That also is a gross misrepresentation by both Hillary Clinton and by a lot of people in the media who are trying to downplay this. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm sorry. You know, it's funny. Uh, one of when, the first debates, was... one of the conversations was about cyber security. Right. And I thought if anybody out there should not be should not be allowed to speak a single word about cybersecurity, it should be Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. And when did ignorance of the law ever become a defense for anybody? No, they, they just prosecuted a young kid a couple of weeks ago. He was in the Navy. He took pictures of the inside of a nuclear submarine. He didn't do anything with them. They found his phone and they found these pictures. That was gross negligence because he didn't know that these pictures were wrong. And guess what? He's going to jail for a year. Because ignorance so, is no excuse. Uh, exactly. Well, never once in the history of our country has gross negligence stopped people from being prosecuted because that's why the law is in place. Exactly. It's in place to protect the other people. You know, if you injure somebody out of gross negligence or you do something to somebody out of gross negligence, you should be held accountable. Hillary Clinton should be held accountable. If nothing else, she should never be allowed to hold the position of commander-in-chief and be in charge of the classified information for this country. She is a jack wagon at the highest level. She shouldn't be able to hold the position of PTA president. Definitely not at my school. Don't even think about coming here, Hillary. <laughs> Don't even do it, baby. <laughs> I, wouldn't I wouldn't trust you with my kids' homework, much less classified information. So keeping on the same theme... For my jack wagon, I've got uh, a whole bunch of jack wagons. I'm throwing career politicians on the jack wagon train. Our good friend Doc Larson made this post on Facebook, and uh, it says, here's a list of the longest-serving politicians that are still in office. And John Conyers, he's a Democrat from Michigan, 51 years and 290 days. 51 years, 290 days. 51 years, 290 days this guy's been on. That's not I'm the kinda, longest. I'm kind of thinking term limits, baby. And he's not the longest. Uh, here's another guy, Charles B. Rangel, Democrat, New York, 46 years, 290 days. Oh, yeah, Chuck Rangel. Yeah, he's he's been in this mix for a long time. Uh, this guy from Charlie Mississippi, Rangel. Thad Cochran. Sucker's been there 43 years, 290 days. Longer than I've been alive, these guys have been uh, been career politicians here. Don Young, Republican from Alaska, 43 years, 277 days. And then you've got Patrick Leahy, Democrat from Vermont. He's 41 years, 290 days. Chuck Grassley, Republican, Ohio or Iowa, 41 years, 290 days. And then the longest-serving career politician is John Dingle, Democrat of Michigan. 59 years, 21 days. Wow. That's amazing. Being an Ohio State guy, you know, I never did like Michigan. <laughs> Buckeye. <laughs>
So, uh, yeah, career politicians, uh, there needs to be term limits. They need to be put in place for for every one of the – it's just uh, ridiculous. What would you say would be a fair term limit, Jason? I would say probably two, no more than three would be the term limits. Yeah. And then uh, – and I, what I'd probably say is two, and then you have to go away and come back. Get a Get a grasp on reality and then come back? Yeah, I think that's the way it should be done. I mean, a lot of boards for organizations are like that. That way uh, you get fresh input. You get people that have time to step away from an organization, or in this case, you know, it would be step away from government. Right. Um, you know, I think we need fresh views. I think we need different views that are going to connect with different people. I think that's how we're going to move things forward because, yeah, these, you know, a 50-year entrenched politician, man, he's he's got – He's got so many favors that he's got to pay forward because he's built his entire constituency upon that. Yeah, we're never going to get anything done. Yeah, I mean these guys. No have, wonder there's so much, you know, pork barreled spending in every single bill that goes forward. These guys have never lived in the real world. I mean, these guys, for you know, half a century have been serving in the House or the Senate, and they they just they lose reality with, you know, the American people. There's just what the world that they live in is not the real world, and they just lose touch. They lose sight. Well, Hillary's one of them. Thirty-plus year career politician. You know, she wants to hammer Trump for, you know, not being a a great businessman. But I mean, the guy has built a billion-dollar industry. You know, and she wants to say, oh well, his dad gave him this money and this and that. There. Are, there are millions of business people out there that somebody invested in them for them to get where they are. And there's plenty of, and they want to say, oh, well, he, you know, had, uh, he had bankruptcies. Well, yeah. And he survived them. And it's terrible that some people might've lost their jobs, but unfortunately, you know, business rides the waves and crests. And there's probably not very many businesses out there that haven't had failures along the way. I mean, look at Apple, one of the most successful companies right now that, you know, that you could look at, you know, Apple almost went out of business several times. I wonder how many people they had to lay off in the process before they grew to the size they are. You know, exactly. Trump, I thought I read right now, Trump employs over 53,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think those are direct employees. That doesn't even cr- count all the contractors and people that support him. So here you are. You have somebody like Charlie Rangel or Hillary Clinton who have never held for any long period of time a real job that they're able to build it up. They've managed people. They've ha- understood uh, the sleepless nights that come with, how am I going to cover payroll? How am I going to do these things? What, uh, man, I'm on the verge of going out of business. How do I stay afloat? These are the things real Americans go through. And uh, Trump obviously has uh, has built himself, and he understands that side of business, which so many of these politicians that haven't been out there in the real, real world don't. Right. And, I mean, you, you bring up a good point when you're talking about how they – his opposition brings up all the jobs that were lost and the people that were laid off. But, you know, he kept going. He continued, and, you know, he started to the point to where he was rebuilding and successful. And like you said, he's employing, I don't know how many more than what, you know, those businesses that failed at the time did. So he's more than redeemed as far as that goes by, you know, his successful businesses that he's running now. So I think that's a mute point when they bring back, you know, the stuff that he failed at, but now he's successful. 
But that's that's how that's the American story, you know. You gotta absolutely you gotta fall and, down. And, and it's the exact opposite. Right now, our current policy in so many places around the world is to stand back and do nothing. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly what I would expect from somebody who has never been out in the real world. They don't understand how to take risks, they don't know how to push things further down the road. You know, sometimes we have to stick our neck out a little bit to make a difference. And sometimes, you know, you'll break a bone or get injured in that process. And what do you do? You heal yourself and you drive forward. That's what made this country great. We've had stumbles along the way and we picked ourselves up and, and, and that's what made America great. And all these people out there are like, America will never be great again. You know, these people on the left, mm -hmm. you know, don't buy into that BS. You know, if everybody buys into that, then then you're right. We will never be great again, you know, but greatness is inspired by the people who are willing to step forward and, and move. It's like, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said, the man in the arena. It's better to be the guy that's down there in the mud, in the, in the blood, and, and have gotten into the ring than all these naysayers that stand on the sidelines and, and never have done anything. They're just pundits, talking heads. It's armchair quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I got another jack wagon. Actually, it's two jack wagons. I got computers all over the place here. All right, so our next group of jack wagons uh, are from Orlando, Florida, and it's a couple of burglars, and uh, Jose Gonzalez and Michael Eller. These two jack wagons broke into a bike store. Like I said, this was in Orlando, and the owner uh, just happened to be there waiting for them with a gun. And what he does next is probably a little over the top and uh, somewhat, I guess, uh, questionable. But he forced them to strip down to their underwear and face the wall. Uh, and then he's being accused of taking them back into the bathroom and then beating them. So, you know, as you first read that, I'm kind of getting visions of, if you guys ever have ever seen Pulp Fiction and uh, the uh, pawn shop scene. <laughs> where, yeah, where, uh, now, is that it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, baby. Perfect. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys have never seen it, you got to watch Pulp Fiction and the uh, pawn shop scene. It's priceless. Uh, but that's kind of what this was starting to remind me of. Uh, but I'm throwing those two guys on, and then I'm throwing the owner, Robert uh, Antelli. I mean, I'm giving him props for protecting what's his, using his Second Amendment rights. Uh, but he went a little overboard after he had the guys, and they uh, you know, pretty much gave up. He should have just call, called the police to come pick their butts up. But, you know, he went a little overboard, but that's okay. It happens. You got to send a message to these guys sometimes, you know? I agree, but that got a little weird. I'm that just saying. It got a lot of weird, yeah. I think <laughs> I think probably a little gimp happened. They're just a little uh, embarrassed to admit it. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking that more happened there. Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> so. Well... Bring out the gimp. I think the gimp's sleeping. Well, I guess you just have to go wake him up now, won't you? That's our jack I just, wagons. I, I just, I, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. It's going to be okay. <laughs> It'd be okay. <laughs> You'll survive. Yeah. All right, Gunny, get that train out of here.
Nordic Components is an American-owned manufacturing company proud to produce quality products right here in the USA. As a company, we continually invest in our manufacturing capabilities to ensure that all of our products are the highest quality and most efficiently produced parts available. The Nordic Components business consists of two segments, manufacturing and sales. Our manufacturing business works to provide custom machine components for a variety of applications with our specialty being firearm components. The sales business produces lines of branded firearm accessories to enhance and elevate the shooting experience. We are a company owned and operated by individuals devoted to shooting sports, and many of us shoot competitively. We attend and sponsor a number of events around the country each year where we listen to you, the consumer, and are proud to say that all of our firearm components are a direct result of your input. As a firearms accessory provider, our aim is simple. Provide shooting enthusiasts with innovative products of uncompromising performance and reliability. Nordic Components. Check us out at nordiccomp.com. All right, so we want to talk about you, Jason. You uh, you have a remarkable story. You've done a lot of remarkable things since, and you know we want to talk about that. Let's start off talking about your service and how you came to be to the book. The uh, the trident. It's kind of your trials and tribulations. Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, a lot of people there are uh, military books out there. There's a lot of special operations books. There's definitely a lot of SEAL books. You know, the the running joke in the special operations community right now is uh, when when the SEALs plan for a mission, uh, they all submit their book manuscript as soon as they come back. So. Uh, <laughs> My, mine wasn't is, quite like that. I no, never really intended. No, yours is a completely different uh, it's kind of story. It's it's a cautionary tale for one, but I think it's going to really hit home to a lot of our our listeners. And I know it did me. It, it it hit a personal note with me, and you know what you were going through you know, through your your service, and uh, obviously not you know through your your injuries, but uh, a lot of that did hit home, and it applied to my life. And, that, and that's what uh, that's what we were looking for. You know, there's a lot of great stories about you know tremendous combat exploits on the battlefield, and uh, there there is some of that in the book. I mean, obviously, combat was part of my life doing uh, combat tour in Afghanistan, and Iraq. But um, you know, mine was much more of a story about a young man growing up in a in a elite warrior community. And growing up to, uh, as a young leader also, you know, going from an enlisted member to an officer and coming to understand what it is to be a leader, making some pretty big mistakes and mistakes that almost cost me my career. And finally, really humbling myself and coming to understand what it was to be a leader and, and how to lead people in combat. And that leadership is a constant evolution. It doesn't just happen overnight. And it's not, even when you figure it out, it's never over. You're constantly shifting and adapting to different situations on how you're going to apply your leadership with different people in different situations. And the, the book is about that journey. Uh, it's also a great tribute to our military families that are out there because uh, my wife, uh, who walked this road with me and is just an amazing woman, I mean, it was just a, a great tribute not only to her, but to all the military spouses that are out there. And then, of course, for me to suffer uh, catastrophic wounds on the battlefield, to almost lose my life with, you know, gunshot wounds, uh, almost taking my arm off and a gunshot wound to the face. And uh, uh, climbing out of that hole, too, um, 
having to get put back together and the long journey that so many of our wounded warriors go through. So, so that really is the book. Uh, it is definitely one of the, I think probably one of the greatest compliments that I like to hear is when people say, man, I, I read your book and it was nothing what I expected. Cause I think a lot of people are thinking it's just going to be another seal book, you know? Yeah. Oh, I went through buds and then I went in combat. Right. And, uh, and it really doesn't follow that format. Uh, if anything, I think it's further, kind of funny. Yeah. I wrote about Ranger School, so I'm the SEAL <laughs> that writes about Ranger School. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And uh, your dad wasn't he in the uh, the army? He was. He was. Yeah, my dad was totally thrilled uh, to come down there and pin my Ranger tab on. You said that's like the only military photo he has of you is that picture you took of yeah that son of a gun i just keep reminding him oh yeah who, who's beat who's won the army navy game what how many times now i've lost count <laughs> yeah but it's uh it's good times uh i'm honored to say that the navy uh selected the book last year uh for the official navy reading list so they thought so highly of it with the leadership principles in it that it's now required reading for uh navy division officers and chiefs Man, I think it should be. I mean, it's it is a classic. Te- I mean, a lot of people go, especially people that go through the the courses and the the um, what do you call us the seals the the seals the rangers. What are they called? Special operations. Yeah, with, yeah, the special operations. Thank you. People know I have trouble finding words sometimes. So a lot of those guys are the ego. You know, it's the ego thing. Yeah, and. They get, they come to realization that you know, there's other people out there. You know, there's always somebody bigger and better. And yep. uh, you know, I think that book's going to prepare a lot of people for that. And as I was reading that, like I said, I was like, man, I wish I had this book uh, when I was in high school. You know, if I had something like this to, you know, say this is the path that I'm on, and if I don't change something, you know, this is what's going to happen. And uh, I, it's a perfect book for that, man. Um, it's it's a really it's a gut check book. It's a it's a motivational book. It's a love story, like you said. Uh, there's there's you know, the whole build up between uh, your relationship and your wife. Um, it's got a little bit of everything in it, man. It's got the action. It's got the war stories, and uh, I I I I wanted more of those, you know, as I was reading. But then at the same time, uh, your timing to switch over to, you know, how you did, I, it was good. I mean, it was, it was a good read. It was a smooth read. And uh, I was just I was kind of disappointed when it was over. I wanted more. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Is there going to be Much another appreciated. book? Uh, I'd love to write another one. I, I have some ideas for that. Writing a book is a time-consuming process. And with the crazy, insane life I have, you know, running two companies and you know, doing interviews with amazing people like Talking Lead, hey, it, uh, hey, hey. it uh, doesn't leave a ton of time. Uh, I filmed a movie this year, so it's just, uh, but I do have well, some ideas. I actually, that. a lot of business leaders have found my book, and I've been hired by a lot of companies uh, to come in and talk leadership. So I pulled uh, five key principles out of my book that I now speak on. I call them the five principles of elite performers. So there, there is a book in there, and uh, uh, one of these days I'm going to crunch down and I'm going to write that book. There's got to be a movie too. I mean, for this, the the Trident. There's got to be something in the works for a movie on that because, like you said, it's not your typical uh, Navy SEAL bravado kind of movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I you know I'd love it. I've I've had a little bit of interest. I mean. 
you know, my book is uh, complicated. That's the only problem. And, uh, you know, it's a, it is a it's a complicated story. It is about a young man with uh, a lot of uh, uh, I don't want to say inner strife, but growing up that he has to do. There's definitely a lot of inner monologue that's going on as he's figuring out who he is and and tripping over himself. And then, of course, figuring out who he is as a wounded warrior and how to overcome that. Yeah. And uh, Hollywood doesn't like that. <laughs> they don't like complicated <laughs> stories, man. They like that's what somebody was explaining to me. They were like, "Yeah, man, they like straightforward stories." So we'll see. I think I that know. time think it, will come. I think it's there. I, I think it could be done with the right, uh, you know, the right director. Uh, because you've got, I mean, you've got the struggle of you're starting off way up here, and then you, like you were saying, you go bankrupt, man. You just hit rock bottom. And then yep. you grab your bootstraps, you pull yourself back up, you don't give up, you analyze the situation, you're bringing it back home, and then, you know, you hit another stumble. It's life. You hit it, and, it is. And, but you don't stop. You keep going. You know, then you bring it up, and, you know, you're climbing that hill, and then, bam, you, you suffer the injuries. And, choo, man, you talk about, you know, life changer right there for you. But you didn't let that stop you a lot of people would just give up after that yep and that's what i talk on i mean that's one of my core themes is the overcome mindset you know anybody that's known that knows me or know that i speak you know i talk about that you know you can develop uh, leadership skills in yourself you can have a great team you can have a great plan but at the end of the day it is the overcome mindset is that it is that inner grit that just says no matter how bad things get i'm going to continue to drive forward because i firmly believe that success is out there if you're willing to do that. It's not always what we picture in our mind the outcome's going to be, but it is success. And it's so much better than so many people who quit or just they decide to stay in their little bubble. They, you know, I'm never going to move forward because I'm afraid or because I'm worried or, you know, I just I'm uncomfortable if I try and get out of this space I'm in. But the level, the level of adversity that, that you've, I mean, you got shot in the face. You got your arm shot off, man. In the face! You got got (laughs) shot in the face, dude. Yeah, But, I mean, the whole fact, I mean, your arm got shot off, too. That's what I, I was like, wow. But Because I've met you. I mean, we've we've seen each other several times at uh, different events, and I would have never have guessed, you know, that... It did well. Let, got, let me rephrase. It did. That, I thought it got shot off. It was still attached. I mean, it definitely was mangled. Well, for they all talked about amputating purposes, it, yeah, but uh, it was shot off. <laughs> it's just down yeah. there, you know. But, so it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I'm blessed for sure. I would love to see Hollywood make a a, a movie about it. Um, you know, like we said, yeah. it'd take the right director and the right actor. So. Well, you know, I, I might be able to play a, a, an older version of, of Jason Redman. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. Let me connect you with somebody. I'm, you know, I'm thinking J.J. Abrams. I mean, you know. For director, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, I think he could definitely pull it out. Or um, uh, the guy who did um, The Lone Survivor. What's his name? Uh, Peter. Uh, yeah, Peter Berg. Yeah, Peter Berg. He's an awesome yep. director, too. Berg's yeah. fi- fabulous. Just don't get Kevin Smith. <laughs> No, I, um, we'll see what happens, man. You know, you, you got to get your foot in the door. Hollywood's a lot of who, you know, Yeah. so we'll see. Uh, I think that we may need a little bit of time for some of the, there's, there's a couple other military movies coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Brown's movie or Adam Brown's story, fearless, which is an amazing, amazing story. If anybody asks me, Hey, what seal book do you recommend being a seal? Uh, I tell them fearless and then mine, but, uh, 
you know, if you're looking for for real stories about real guys who made it into the SEAL teams and had to overcome incredible odds, Adam Brown's story is amazing. Adam was killed in a firefight March 17, 2010, and uh, he was just a tremendous, tremendous individual. And I had known Adam since he was a new guy, but Adam had some demons he carried with him that he fought against his entire career. Mm. And uh, I know Relativity picked that story up. They're making it into a movie. Okay. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Trident. I'd love to see that. If anybody's out there, if you got a, if you got, if you got an in in Hollywood, man, let me know because uh, I'd so love happens. to see that story. My story made into a movie too. All right. So um, the book. Um, I think we've probably talked enough about that. I want people to go read it. Okay, we don't want to give it all away. Um, and we have it. We have it in audio form. You can de- you can buy a digital version on iTunes or Kindle or all that. And and for you Marines out there, I got a pop up version. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Marines. There is no pop up version, but there are pictures no, in the middle. But there is there is an audio version, so uh, yeah, you can listen to it. Yep, I downloaded it to. Uh, my Android phone and uh, read it off that. Nice. Yeah. I wanted the audio version, but as my listeners know, I was Windows phone for a long time and I just recently uh, upgraded to a real smartphone that can well actually done. can actually do all that stuff. So I had a learning curve, but uh, it's all right. It, it's, it's still a good read. Welcome to the 21st century, Lefty. So let's talk about your other businesses that you do as well. Um, okay. Uh, one of the things, you know, that's come from your struggles when you were getting better and, and recovering, uh, you started a company, and I know it's progressed since then, but is it still the Wounded Wear, or is it the, the Combat Wounded Coalition? It is both. Okay. So Walk, it, walk me through that and, and explain, because I know you started off with the Wounded Wear. That's right. So when I was originally wounded, uh, obviously, any anybody that's got a... A facial injury or a facial deformity, you attract a lot of attention out in public. And uh, I definitely fit that bill. And I got to tell you, uh, it, was a, it was a hard pill to swallow. I mean, to, to go out there and fight for your country and to come home and suddenly you're this, this fierce object of attention. Uh, and, and, you know, you make, un- you make people uncomfortable when you have a severe facial injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that bothered me. And I wanted people to understand why I looked the way that I did, that I'd sacrificed for their freedom. And that was the genesis of the Wounded Wear clothing line uh, with slogans like scarred so that others may live free and forever recognizing the cost of freedom, support the sacrifice. And, um, you know, we created that clothing to provide it to Wounded Warriors and also to raise the awareness. Mm-hmm. And from there, Wounded Warrior continued to grow. We got into events to empower Wounded Warriors. We brought Wounded Warriors and Gold Star family members together because we saw healing in that. And uh, But we were doing so much beyond the clothing that uh, in 2015, we expanded the company into the Combat Wounded Coalition. And the Combat Wounded Coalition was built on four pillars, pride, power, purpose, and peace. And we moved the Wounded Wear clothing line under that pride pillar. So that clothing that anybody can wear, clothing for patriots, it's about raising that national awareness and and also, you know, giving pride to some of these wounded warriors out there so that if they're uncomfortable out in public because, you know, maybe they're missing a limb, maybe they're burned, maybe it's just the invisible wounds of war and they don't feel comfortable in their skin right now. 
you know, they have uh, something that identifies them very quickly. Somebody can look and say, oh, wow, wounded where, you know, hey, were you wounded for our freedom? And it's a good conversation starter. Uh, it is a good way to raise that awareness. Our, our power events are about getting them back out and overcoming their injuries. You know, the mission statement of the Combat Wounded Coalition is inspiring wounded warriors to overcome. And one of our signature power events is called Jumping for a Purpose. We just did we our just Jumping did for a Purpose yeah. on Saturday. I saw that. Yeah, and we we jumped uh, 10 wounded warriors and five Gold Star family members. And what I tell people about jumping is it's, um, it's not about skydiving. Um, that, that's just a byproduct of what we're doing. The reality is I want people to confront fear. And, and to overcome it. And when somebody suffers a catastrophic event in their life, whether like me, I was severely wounded and almost died, uh, like so many of our other wounded warriors, mm-hmm. like it's a wounded warrior that has the invisible wounds of war that's seen something so horrific, like some of the things that you witness on the battlefield that you're just mentally scarred. And then compound that with a traumatic brain injury, even a light one, you know, you're, you're carrying these, these issues inside you and, and there is fear of driving forward. And, uh, and it's human nature. In life, when we suffer some sort of catastrophic event, we have a tendency to not take risks. Oh, you know, I want to just stay in my bubble. Right. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Play it safe. Exactly. I want to play it safe and I'm just going to stay in this little neutral zone that I'm in. Uh, but there's a danger in that. We have a tendency to start swirling around and, and we can drift down into the darkness when we try and stay in those spots. So I want to encourage our wounded warriors to overcome and drive forward. And one of the great ways we do that is by getting them to jump out of a plane. Because in that moment, when you stand on the back of that ramp or you stand in that door and you're 13,000 feet above the ground and that plane's moving 120 miles per hour, you have to confront real fear. You have to confront yourself and say, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and, and in that moment, you you have to jump. You have to take that step out to that door. I mean, truly, it is a leap of faith. And when our guys and gals do it, I mean, the people that have been at our Jumping for a Purpose event, you cannot imagine the the thrill and the smiles we see on the faces of these guys and gals when they come back to the ground and they realize, holy smokes, I just did that. Despite, you know, my physical injuries, despite my mental injuries, I just jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. And there are billions of people on this earth that have nothing wrong with them that will never jump. So I'm raising my hand. (laughs) No, you're not. Next year, you're coming out and jumping with us. So lead heads, I want to let you know that lefty's coming out to jump with us next year. I'm putting him on the spot. If he doesn't, I want you guys to constantly harass him that he (laughs) is a cat. And there's a word that goes in front of cat. And you can figure that out. (laughs) So, so Pepper did it about a year ago and I refused to go. So she went alone. And uh, she jumped out of a perfectly good airplane, and uh, I have I have been catching shit ever since then over it. But she's wanting to do it again, so I think that would be a perfect opportunity. Come come get, come jump with us to get my ass out there and uh, and jump with you. Yeah, I'd love to, man. Well, I got to tell you, man, when you're around these wounded warriors, these guys and gals that have been injured, you know, for our freedom. Yeah, you, you can't help but get caught up. I mean, every event we do, I have volunteers and even staff that have never jumped that are like, I'm jumping this time. And I'm like, do it. Let's go. Let's go, man. This is yeah. where you truly learn who you are and you're jumping with. I mean, if they do it, 
There's no reason why you can't. So, absolutely. So that's what uh, Combat Wounded Coalition is about. We're, we're creating partnerships. We're helping uh, warriors drive forward. We are pretty excited, man. We need to have another interview uh, in 2017 because we are developing a new program, a curriculum-based program that we will be launching sometime in 2017. And I'm okay. pretty excited about it. It uh, It is going to teach our wounded warriors how to be leaders. It's going to teach them how to be civilians. Bigger than anything, it's going to teach them how to reintegrate back into civilian society awesome, and lead and make a difference. And that's something we critically need right now. We need more leaders in yes. this country. And I firmly believe our veterans and our wounded warriors can set that example. Absolutely. That's awesome. So when that gets ready to kick off, you got to come back and uh, we kick it off here. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So how does somebody get involved with the uh, Combat Wounded Coalition? So obviously one of the biggest things, any nonprofit relies on funding to execute their mission. Uh, we, 83 cents of every dollar goes back to our mission. We operate on a uh, shoestring budget. Uh, you know, I've got six employees to execute this and we're planning all these events and taking care of these guys and gals. But funding is one of the biggest things. So if you're willing to make a donation, combatwoundedcoalition.org, uh, no, no donation is too small. Every little bit makes a difference. Uh, next to that is uh, we're looking for um, if there are companies that want to get involved. Um, you know, we like to highlight our companies if they want to be involved in our event. Uh, one of the big things, um, you know, this year, Geico was our presenting sponsor. So we did a lot to highlight them, including uh, I actually jumped out of the plane with a stuffed gecko strapped to my chest. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> want it, we want to highlight our sponsors and thank them for all they do to give back to us. So if you're interested in making a difference with Wounded Warriors and highlighting your company at one of our events, please, please reach out to us. We got our next big event. Toast of the Heroes is coming up March 5th. So we're actively looking for sponsors for that. What is that? We have. Uh, Toast of the Heroes is our black tie gala that we have every year. It's an amazing event. Fancy. Okay. We, we bring in over 100 uh, wounded warriors and families of the fallen from all across the country. And it is an opportunity to highlight uh, the sacrifice they've made. It's an opportunity to highlight the successes we've had with the organization the, form, the prior year. We, we present four awards for individuals, the Hero Within Awards for individuals that have uh, made a difference with the organization. We have great speakers. Uh, we've had some amazing Wounded Warrior speakers. We had Matt Eversman, the actual Matt Eversman from Black Hawk Down. Uh, we had John Paul DeJoria, the founder of Paul Mitchell, spoke uh, uh, two years ago. Paul and Mitchell, that's the guy with the ponytail, right? That's right, and a Navy veteran. Oh, well, I did not realize that. Yep. He was a Navy veteran, and uh, he is a huge patriot and supporter, and he has been a supporter of the Combat Wounded Coalition. So, uh, that is awesome. Definitely a great guy. Like so, France or something. What's that? <laughs> I thought he was from like France or something. Nah, man. He's an American, dude. That's Grew up awesome. in the streets of New York, I believe, and lived in his car while he was launching Paul Mitchell after he got out of the Navy. He was dirt broke, and he built that company out of nothing. Wow. That so awesome. he is the American dream. That is awesome. So let's uh, let's talk about wounded wear real quick. Now, if people want to go and and buy those shirts, where can they go to get those, Jason? They can go to combatwoundedcoalition.org, and there's a tab on top of the page. It says wounded wear. They can go right in the store and check out the clothing. 
And uh, like I said, here shortly, we might be, we might have some new stuff, new stuff with a new partner. New stuff with a new partner. So uh, some more good news coming up that uh, we're going to have Jason back on to, to talk about in the near future. Now, it's time for the Talking Lead Fact to Fight the Myths. And we're going to let Jason give us his fact to fight the myth. <laughs> you don't have one, do you? <laughs> uh, um, let's see. Contrary to, uh, let's see. Uh, I did not shoot Osama bin Laden. I think there are, uh, I think every SEAL out You're there, not gonna take you know, every, everybody out there is coming out and saying they shot that guy. And uh, I was neither on that mission, nor did I, <laughs> I think, come close to taking the shot. I think every one of you should take credit for it. I think every Navy SEAL should step up and have the shirt that says, I shot Osama bin Laden. It's kind of like uh, uh, the movie Does, Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Doesn't, I'm Spartacus. Doesn't President Obama have one of those shirts? <laughs> uh, he's got he's got a different kind of shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I need to send him a jack wagon shirt, Nana. All right, so my fact to fight the myth is it has to do with voting, and a lot of people are under the con- the misconception that their one vote is not going to make a difference. Nothing could be further from the truth because if you've got one person with that mentality, you've got two million, three million, four million people with that same mentality. They're going to sit on their asses during election day and not exercise one of the greatest rights, freedoms that we have in this country. And it is to choose those people, you know, that lead us, put them in power. And if you're just sitting on the sidelines not doing that, then you're part of the problem. You are the problem. So get out there and vote. I don't care who you're voting for. Okay, if you're voting for Hillary, you're voting for Trump, you're voting for you know the third party candidate. Just get out there and vote. You don't even have to vote for the uh, the president if you want to. If you don't want to, just leave that one blank and vote for everything else. Yeah, just, just vote. So that's, no, you got it. That's my fight I did, to fight, man. I disagree. You got to vote for the president too. You got to pick. No yeah. leader out there elects not to make a decision indecision is not a decision and you can always write in a candidate yeah you could do that that's a decision that's a decision so there you go but sitting sitting on your ass not voting is not a decision that's wrong i agree we fought way too hard i lost too many brothers i mean your right to vote is one of the greatest gifts you have in a free country and uh I tell you what, don't sacrifice it. I agree with Lefty 100%. Don't buy into the myth that your vote doesn't make a difference. If enough Americans roll out to vote, that one vote adds up to millions and millions of votes, and it will absolutely make a difference. And if the majority gets out there and is heard, then differences, changes will be made. And despite what you hear in the media, these polls, I mean, yeah, polls are are good to a certain extent, but – you can't believe those polls. Yeah. They're, they're no, usually skewed. Number, Yeah, numbers can always be manipulated. People twist the information to fit their own beliefs. Right. So just get out and vote. 
vote your heart, vote your conscience, vote your beliefs, and then the cards will fall where they lie. But at least you'll be able to sit back and say, well, I voted and I made a difference. I voted what I believed in. Whatever happened, you can say I made a difference instead of sitting back. Once again, it's like what we talked about in the beginning, you know, being the man in the arena. Get in there. Get dirty. Make a difference. You know, instead of being somebody that's sitting on the sidelines and then you're going to bitch and complain about where the country is going, whether it's going in the direction you want it to or maybe not. But if you didn't vote, how do you have a right to say anything? Right. Exactly. Shut your pie hole if you don't vote. Yep. (laughs) Did you come up with anything yet? Anything spark a... <laughs> my uh, my my two brain cells to give bang together a, and create a spark. Uh, give us a fact to fight the myth about the teams. That's a major misconception. Gosh, I am just blanking tonight. On, I've got uh, a I've got a on, misconception about them that they're all like Ron Bellin. <laughs> they're all just big, <laughs> big burly. Oh, rip your head oh. off. Yeah, all seals are not huge. I mean, there's no doubt about that. As a matter of fact, most seals are not big at all. The average seal. This is fact. The average seal is about 180 and five foot ten, and uh, you know I definitely am on the smaller end of the spectrum. I'm about five eight, 170, and uh, but we got guys that are smaller than me, and then we got guys as big as uh, Ron Reaper Bellin, who's about six six and 300 pounds. Yeah. But uh, Ron's definitely the exception. I don't know why that is. I think maybe it's just in training. We do so much running and you have to do so much with your own body weight that the uh big guys it's uh, tough on them yeah yeah it's just it breaks them to be perfectly honest i mean their knees break their hips break and uh it's just a lot of weight so kudos to ron for being able to make it through and we got some other big guys out there don't get me wrong but uh i i see it a lot i meet guys when i go to speaking events and they're like gosh bigger and i said gosh i thought you'd be smarter (laughs) so (laughs) all right so it's getting close to the uh the debate time so i'm gonna go through these new guy questions real quick and you gotta you gotta come up with answers spur of the moment all right got it even even though we've already done it once before (laughs) so it'll be it'll be even more spur of the moment all right so how did you originally get involved with firearms what's your first recollection of of shooting you know, I, I grew up in uh, I grew up in North Carolina, off and on. I mean, I grew up everywhere. But uh, my dad had a 22 rifle, and uh, I remember shooting that thing when I was pretty young. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, shooting squirrels when I was down in North Carolina with that 22, and and then of course from there I just started shooting more and more, and obviously got in the SEAL teams and was putting thousands and thousand rounds through weapons. So grew up shooting that 22 and BB pellet guns. You so. still got that 22? I do not still have that 22. I think my brother's got it. Your brother's got it. So it's still around. You could put your hands on it if you. If I you think really so. Did. Okay, cool. That's cool. Now, what's your uh, what's your favorite handgun? Probably the Sig P226, which I will admit is not my primary ca- carry weapon. My primary carry weapon is my Kimber Ultra Carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I just you know if I if uh, something goes down, I like hitting somebody with a great big bullet. Uh, hopefully, I can you know end that firefight very quickly and a. Uh, you know, if 45 hollow points going to do a lot of damage very quickly. I mean, even if I hit somebody in the arm, they're going to feel it. You know, it's just got so much pounds per square inch. 
That being said, though, I uh, I love the SIG P226. I mean, I grew up shooting that gun. I've literally put hundreds of thousand rounds through that gun. Uh, I own three of them yeah. distributed around my house. Uh, that gun is like, a, you know, it's like a just a warm handshake, man. It is an extension of my body. They are so. nice. I, I've got one. I've got the uh, MK25. I actually, uh, I actually beat a seal in a shooting competition with my SIG P226. Listen, you don't have to lie to make friends, Lefty, okay? <laughs> I had witnesses, baby. I had witnesses. We even recorded it. <laughs> hey, hey, man, it happens, man. There's some great shooters so in the team. He was so pissed, too, man. <laughs> it was so. funny. It was a good time. That's that's one of my claim to fame. One of my All favorite. right. It was a good time. All right, so um, when it, he was one of hey, he was one of our blind seals. You tell people that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it was and it wasn't Ron. <laughs> Obviously, you've got military background. Tell us a little bit how you got involved with that. I know there's there, there's some background in the book, but how'd you get involved with uh, the military? What was your inspiration for doing that? I, you know, I grew up as a kid. I mean, always hearing about the military stories about my grandfather was a uh, B-24 pilot in World War II and very decorated. Uh, uh, I think seven air medals, distinguished flying cross. So always fascinated with that. My great uncle was killed. He was shot down in the Pacific in World War II. Um, and then, of course, my, my, my grandfather on my mom's side actually uh, served with the French Foreign Legion in World War II, so I just I've always grown up had a fascination with the military. I was a I was a GI Joe kid as a yeah, as a young baby. as a young kid, man. How old are and, you? Can I ask? Uh, I'm 41. Okay, I'm 45. I grew up with so, the GI Joe too. That's uh, yep. That's kind of my go-to pop culture uh, GI Joe baby. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. And we were, we were uh, talking about that before we started recording. I've got some. Uh, action figures my my friends call them dolls with kung <laughs> with kung fu grip kung fu grip yeah yeah man i mean i just grew up that way and it's uh i i when i was probably about 12 i had a i read a book about the long range recon patrols in uh vietnam and i was just fascinated with that these guys that were living out there for weeks on end deep behind enemy lines and, uh, you know, I was living in North Carolina at that time. I spent a lot of time in the woods and I just, uh, I was, I just thought, man, that's really cool. About the age of 14, my dad was, uh, army. Uh, he was a, a rigger and had worked with some seals in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And, uh, he told me, uh, about the seal teams at that point. And so when I was about 14, I started looking at the seals and I said, man, this is what I want to do. And I uh, never looked back. That was a path I started to go down, and, and that was it. Very cool. And you guys check out the book because he goes into more detail about it in the book. It's pretty awesome. All right, so when it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a book, a YouTube channel, you know, what is your go-to music, anything? Okay, so music, uh, Metallica. I mean, I Metallica. I still to this day, when I'm in the gym, when I really want to get pumped up, I I uh, jam on Metallica and Tool. Being a close second, you know, System of the Down. So I like all genres of music, but when I'm working out, I like getting pumped up with that. Uh, let's see, movies. 
Uh, definitely uh, Matrix or The Last Samurai. Those are probably my two favorite Matrix, uh, movies. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, baby. What did you think and about that John Wick movie? Amazing. If you, I think the last time we did this show, you asked me if there was anybody out there you could shoot with. That, who yeah, would it that's be? That's coming up. That's coming up. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that then. Okay. We'll skip over that. So, but uh, yeah, but I like, I just like the storylines of both those movies. I thought they were great to this day. They're still, uh, still some of my favorites. Tommy Let's Cruise see. in The Last Samurai. Yeah, and I thought he did a great job. You know, Tom Cruise is, uh, I mean, is a I good actor. Sure I think you'd he say Top Gun's your go-to. <laughs> I didn't want to admit it, and I noticed that on top of your head gear. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, you got me. I got the need for speed. Yeehaw! Hey, Mavericks. Yeah. You hear about ice? What's that? Want another one? Really? Yeah. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! <laughs> so, but no, my uh, those are definitely my top two for uh, TV shows, uh, Walking Dead, and uh, and uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, definitely huge fans. And I got to tell you, you know, you were, we were talking about Peter Berg earlier. Yeah. I've gotten hooked on Ballers with The Rock. The Rock. Is that that's, still on? Yeah. Well, they're, they're at the, it's at the end of its second season. And, okay. I, man, that's a great show. It was. I saw the first season. I haven't seen the second one yet. But I was. Yeah, the it. second one just wrapped up. You should catch it. Yeah, I got into that. He's uh, he, The Rock, man. He's He brings it. He's a good actor, he, man. He is. And as a matter of fact, he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now. I wouldn't doubt it. Yep. And he's a big military supporter. Is he? Yeah, he's got a cousin that's in the military, so he. I know he's done quite a few events, and yeah. so uh, sounds like a pretty darn good guy. I gotta say, you know, I I love GI Joe, but the movies that they did for GI Joe just sucked. I was they really did, disappointed, and I thought the one you know they're bringing the Rock in, you know, for the second one, I was like it's going to be awesome. It was a disappointment too. I hate to say, yeah, it. but it wasn't the Rock's fault. I mean, he brought his role of Roadblock. He killed it. I, I'll back you up on that. It, they weren't very good. Yeah. So they need to do a reboot. And uh, who who needs to direct that? Huh. That's I'm, tough. I'm thinking that Asian, a tough one to pull off. That Asian dude that does the action movies. What's his name? Um, John Woo? Yeah, John Woo. Yeah, John Woo. Hmm. He'd be perfect. I, I, maybe one of these guys, whoever's doing the Avengers, they've done a pretty good job with the Avengers, and they've got a lot of moving parts in those. Yeah. G.I. Joe's similar. Yeah. So, uh, Wheaton, maybe. Yeah. Bring Wheaton in. I don't know. I just wish they'd reboot it and do it a little more, a little more NC 17 R, maybe, you know. Well, I tell you what, that's the new thing, man. They're recreating all these old movies. I mean, so. Yeah, we'll see. You, you might get your wish. I might. I might. <laughs> All right. So, what is your next gotta have, wanna have, uh, either firearm, piece of kit, gear, vehicle? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, firearm, I would love to have. I want a 300 blackout. I know we talked about that. I still haven't picked one of those up. I can hook you up, brother. All right. Well, we, we can talk about that offline. Okay. So, yeah, I would. I, I want to pick up a 300 blackout. Nordic Composite. I, I like the. Uh, I'd like a 338 Lapua. I'd like to add one of those to my repertoire. I, um, yeah, that would be a go long range with that. Yeah. 
I'd like a um, I'd like an MP5. I'm just uh, I love the MP5. Uh, we we used to shoot that in the SEAL teams when I was a new guy, but we uh, we got away from it just because we started running with the M4s with a short barrel, yeah. and it made a lot more sense. I mean, for us, we could transition. I mean, with the M4, you can take it long, you can take it short. Uh, but uh, so that's why we really stopped using the MP5. We still use it overseas, the SDs. Mm -hmm. uh, we would carry those and utilize them for, uh, you know, maybe a dog or sentry takeout up close because they were so quiet. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, you know, we were running with the, uh, the M4. But I'm, I, I like the MP5. So laws be damned, money be damned. What would you what would you have? I have to have a minigun and it'd be strapped right to the front of my truck. <laughs> what, uh, what, if you could have any truck, what, what kind of truck would you have? What would you be well, strapping at? I on? am, I'm very blessed to have a, uh, I, I have a 2011 Ford F-150 Raptor and, uh, nice. I love my truck, but, uh, I've been reading the specs, the new Raptors that are coming out, that the 17 Raptors have been redesigned. And uh, they're lighter, they're more powerful, uh, more torque. They're not coming in the uh, they're not coming in the big block engine that I got in my truck. Oh yeah. Uh, but they're actually pushing more torque and more horsepower. Um, I guess that's how so they make them lighter. Is they uh, make the engine lighter? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a turbo injected V6. Okay. And uh, so it truly is like a Baja racing package. Yeah. So uh, and they're supposed to be even beefier and sicker looking than the uh the prior raptor models so I, I don't know if i'm ready to upgrade yet but maybe in a couple of years <laughs> i'll uh i'll be looking at one of those that'll be my next truck with a minigun with a damn minigun on the hood hillary minigun baby <laughs> <laughs> trump for president he'll make miniguns legal oh god we got to defend that wall he's gonna build somehow you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here comes the question you've been waiting for. If you could spend the day at the range with anybody, any group, any person, whether they're still alive, dead, fictional, who would it be? Keanu Reeves, man. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and you guys all laugh at that. But I tell you what, you, you won't be laughing. Go Google Keanu Reeves training for John Wick 2. And I got to tell you, if you watch that video, it is as good as any special operation guy I've seen. His transitions from, you know, a, a, an assault rifle to his transition to a pistol it is spot on, man. His mag changes everything. Whoever's training him, they are, they are both very experienced and they are great instructors because that guy is, is uh, he's bringing it. And if you watch him, you would say, God dang, man, I want to go shoot with that guy too. Well, just John Wick 1, I mean, the mechanics in that, not only him, but the, you know, the other people in the movie too were spot on, man. Oh, yeah. No, they did a great job, and he's taking it to the next level in John Wick, too. And, you know, I, I got to say, because I, whenever I think about one of the best draws in, in movies, uh, Tom Cruise in Collateral, that draw he makes he, when uh, the guy goes to steal his briefcase, watch uh -huh. that one part. Whoever was training him, it is so smooth. His stance, the brush back of the jacket and the draw and straight out to, you know, punch forward to execute. It is phenomenal. So that that actually is one of the better uh, is that draws the one that I've seen. That had Jamie Foxx in it. It did. Okay. That, the movie the movie was okay, but uh, but uh, I tell you what, that one scene 
where he draws his pistol. You know, it's a concealed draw. Uh -huh. Phenomenal. I'll have to watch that again. I don't remember that scene. But but definitely Keanu Reeves. I can't do this. Sure you can. Who knows? You might like it. It's a killer rush. Buddy, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent. I know, man. Isn't it wild? Uh, Keanu is a pretty down-to-earth guy. I actually, I'm kind of bummed. I was supposed to go to an event last year, and I couldn't go. And it turns out that he was friends with some of the people there at the event, and he came and just hung out and was totally a down-to-earth, cool guy. So I, I missed my opportunity to go shooting with Keanu. Well, you know, you still may get another one. You never know. <laughs> you never, never know. know. That's right. And speaking of movies, uh, you had mentioned earlier that uh, you had something to do with a movie. Is that right? That's right. I got involved in a uh, movie, a friend of mine, a New York firefighter, uh, Tim Brown, one of the few guys that was actually in the towers. He had uh, he had left the tower, the lobby, to go grab something off the truck when the tower started to collapse. Oh, man. And he, yeah, I mean, debris falling all around him, and he ducked into he ducked into Tower Four, uh, which was the Marriott. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> when the Marriott was blown up in 1993 by Ramsey Yusuf, uh, when the when they rebuilt that tower, that that garage and the structural supports, they built it like ten times stronger mm -hmm. than uh, than what it really needed to be. And but I tell you what that that act kept that building from collapsing all the way. It definitely, it took a lot of debris and Tim and I don't know how many other 50 or 60 people survived. They were in that building. They were in that building. Wow. And, uh, so Tim lost his best friend that day. Of course he lost, you know, we lost 343 firefighters on nine 11. So, uh, Tim just, uh, committed his life to saying, Hey, never again, is something like this going to happen on my watch? So I got involved with uh, the, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, and, and he actually wrote a script about a movie about uh, terrorist attacks that occur on American soil and how um, the plot is based off a ex-SEAL that works at a training facility and has some ex-military and police staff and even his uh, his – uh, his interpreter from overseas is now working for him in training scenarios, and they uncover this plot to uh, conduct a large-scale terrorist attack in the United States, and he takes it to some friends of his and different three-letter agencies, and they basically, uh, they blow it off. They say, oh, you're just going to scare people, you know, don't be politically incorrect, don't create, you know, hate-mongering and fear-mongering, you know, right. all the things that we're hearing in the, uh, in the media exactly. right now, which is quite interesting. Um, and since he wrote that plot, we've actually seen quite a few attacks, you know. He wrote that plot before uh, the San Bernardino attack happened, before the Orlando shooting happened, and oh, wow. the, the, the plot of the movie follows attacks like that. But the bottom line is, the uh, Exeal character pulls together some uh, law enforcement friends and they launch their own investigation and they end up discovering that it is a real plot and uh, they end up thwarting it along with uh, vigilant Americans who are aware and notice things that are going wrong and they stop it. Yeah. So it is a great movie. The, the idea behind the film is to raise awareness uh will it be in theaters uh, i don't know it's tough to break into theaters but it'll definitely be on itunes what's it called? it'll be on netflix what's it called 
the perfect day and the trailers out there yeah people go to uh the perfect day film.com they can watch the trailer they did a great job with the trailer we're still doing the final edits on the film it probably will release in february and uh but yeah it is now, all you... about we're hoping to get some good media exposure just talking about how um that would the, be the... great i'd love to have you guys on to, to pitch and, and promote that when it comes out man Okay, definitely. We'd love to. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the definitely the presence behind the film is local law enforcement can't do it alone. State and national law enforcement can't do it alone. All Americans have to be have to be vigilant. And if they see something, they've got to say something that we've all got to make a difference. This threat is real. It is on our soil. And uh, you can't buy into the political correct BS. No, uh, because if you do, it gets here, it's here. Yeah, it's going to be you or your kids or your family or your friends that are unfortunately going to get hit by this violence. Yeah. And that movie's called The Perfect Day. And now, are you an actor in this? Do you have a part? Is that? <laughs> I do have a part. I actually play the lead role. How that happened, so I don't you're even the, know. So you're the seal. Yeah, I am. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I haven't they so when uh, I got involved modest, with the film. Man. <laughs> What's that? I said, look at you being all modest. Well, hey, man. <laughs> Talking earlier, you're like, yeah, I don't know anybody in the biz or anything like that. <laughs> well, this is, hey, man, this isn't a Hollywood film. It's, uh, I mean, it's a great company uh, that, you know, has been involved in a lot of, they actually built themselves on faith-based films. And they're breaking into this just because Tim and, and the the producer, the executive producer, the head of the company, he, he believes in this country, and he believes yeah. in uh, the need for Americans to be vigilant. So uh, they got me involved more on a consulting role because, obviously, it's an ex-seal. There's some training components. There's some storylines that they wanted me to look at and say, hey, does that sound legit? Right. So I kind of helped rewrite some of those things. And uh, then they came back after I rewrote, and they said, hey, man, what do you think about playing this character? <laughs> And I said, you do realize I'm not an actor. Um, you know, I said, I've been in some documentaries, but I've never acted. Yeah. And they said, oh, come on. It's not that hard. You're just playing yourself. You're a retired SEAL. The guy in the movie's a retired SEAL. He's an instructor. You were an instructor. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. But uh, if I totally suck, I was like, you <laughs> guys me. better have yeah. a plan B and you should tell me. Well, apparently you didn't. They kept you in. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, uh, um, so like I said, we still got some final edits, and uh, the film should come out. Uh, we're looking at February. You got your IMDb profile set up? Uh, you know, I'm <laughs> on there, but I need to go. I haven't figured out how to go on there and like update it because um, it, it almost looks like some of the stuff that I've done, some of the documentary stuff is on there, but the perfect day stuff uh -huh. is not connecting. Even though I'm listed under the perfect day yeah. uh, on IMDb, I'll have to let you talk with Pepper. See, yeah, I, I yeah, because I tried to go on there to figure that out. So yeah, tell her, tell her, tell her to educate me I'll on this. Tell her to shoot you a, a little how-to email. <laughs> but I will tell you what, man, I had a blast. I really enjoyed acting. It was a lot of fun. Uh, after this movie comes out, if people say, you know what, you were halfway believable, I may try it again. There you go. Well, I'm telling you, man, if, if Range 15 made it, <laughs> I 
Have you seen Range 15 yet? The map. I haven't movie? had a chance to yet, man. I missed it when it, when they had their screening here in uh, Virginia. Oh, it's hilarious! It's out everywhere now, man. You can. Uh, um, oh, I can download it. Yeah, you can download it. Yeah, it's out. Oh, there. done. Okay, yeah. I gotta get it. Yeah, it's hilarious. All right, you'll like done. It. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to redo this interview. For uh, for one, <laughs> I think we topped our first one, man. Oh, you think so? I All think right. We did. Well, hey, you know what they say, man. Two is one, one is none. But you know what? It, it's going to have to because we have no proof of the other. All we've got is a video. I've got the video still there. There's just no audio. I st- you know, I stick to my statement that the the American people could not handle that interview. I think that's probably what it was, and I think there was. Some, we would have blown some minds. I think there were some uh, other forces at work that uh, kept that from airing. So, yeah, I think you're right. We were on to something with that show. I agree. But uh, (laughs) make sure, guys, that you check out uh, Jason's book, The Trident, and you can get that pretty much on Amazon. Can they go to – you got a website that they could go to to get it? or? I do. My company website, sof, S-O-F, spoken.com, and you can get a signed copy of The Trident there. Um, if, uh, if you're not interested in a signed copy, then definitely Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Kindle, any of those places, you can get a copy of the book. Have you got hats and t-shirts and stuff like that too? We do. I have the, uh, Overcome line. Uh, so we have a couple of t-shirts, a couple of hats, and, uh, I am uh, excited to say I've been working with Miltac and we are, uh, going to be selling probably Dece- the beginning of December. They'll actually go on sale. Is the Jason Redman Overcome Knife? We actually unveiled it last Ooh. Shot Show, uh, but they're finally ready to go into production, and uh, it is uh, a nice, solid piece of steel. It's really designed to be a collector's item. But the great thing is, it is a real knife. Mm-hmm. It is. A, it can be used as a fighting knife. It can be used as a utility knife. Those of you out there, Miltac is a great company. Uh, they started out as Mission Knives, and then they, they changed their name and evolved into Miltac. But uh, they're producing that knife, and we're going to sell two different versions. Uh, one version is actually a, a knife that somebody's going to use, and uh, that'll come with the sheath, and it'll come with a JR Overcome patch. If somebody wants to buy it as a collector's item, it comes in this beautiful wooden uh, case with the Overcome engraved on the top. Uh, those knives are are serialized, and there is a matching JR Overcome coin uh, with matching numbers to that knife. Awesome! And you got a you know a price on it yet? Yeah, the uh, the collector's item knives in the box will be going for three ninety nine, and I believe don't quote me on that this, but I think the uh, the actual usable knife is going to be going for two ninety nine, give or take. Okay, and. Tell me the owner of Miltac again. I've met him before. I just can't remember his name. Craig Sword. Craig Sword, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Craig's yeah. a great guy. Miltac supports uh, Special Operations Wounded Warrior. I know that Ron's uh, Bellin's on the board with those guys. Yeah. Uh, Craig is just a stand-up guy. It's a great company. If you're looking for good knives, definitely Miltac's a good place to go. And then, of course, the Combat Wounded Coalition. They can go to that website. What is the? Tell us the website again. CombatWoundedCoalition.org. You can go there, make a donation. You know, tell us about good organizations. We're always looking to find good organizations to partner with. If any of you corporations or out there, you're looking for uh, 
company to support or you want to get involved with an event and we can get your name up there knowing you're supporting Wounded Warriors, uh, please reach out to us. And then, of course, we got the Wounded Wear clothing line, which the proceeds go back to support the mission. Very cool. Jason, again, thank you so much. Uh, I know we got to get off here. The uh, debates have probably already started, and we want to go check those out. All right, real quick, who do you think is going to win the debate tonight? I think Trump's going to win. You think Trump's so, going to win? You think he's yeah. going to? You think he's going to win the election? I, you know, it's funny. I think he actually has a chance. So many people say he doesn't, but Trump has beat every single odd and every single talking head and pundit and every single poll that's been out there. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I don't agree with everything Trump says. Sometimes I want to pull my damn hair out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm tired of the career politicians. I feel like our political system is broken and Trump is definitely an outsider. And I think can, uh, I think we need a fresh start and I think he can bring it. And I, just, I pray that he'll surround himself with uh, smart people yeah. who can make good decisions to drive this country forward. We might have to take a couple risks. We may stumble a little, but like we talked about earlier, that's what made America great, and I think we can be great again. I second that. I'm down with it. All right, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer, baby. And remember this. Attention to all who enter here. If you're coming into this room with sadness or sorrow, don't bother. The wounds that I received, I got in a job that I love doing it for people I love, defending the freedom of a country I deeply love. I'll make a full recovery. What is full? As the absolute utmost physically, I have the ability to recover. And then I'll push that about 20% further through sheer mental tenacity. This room you're about to enter is a room of fun, optimism, and intense rapid regrowth. If you are not prepared for that, go elsewhere. Signed, The Management. That's awesome, man. I got chills. <laughs> Love that. Thank you for doing that. All right, man. <laughs>